phone call as soon as the bloody podcast starts. You better answer it on the pod. Oh, I already hung up. It was dad. Doesn't matter. He doesn't listen to this. He went. <laughs> no one does a better unintentional Chris Scott impression than Sam. <laughs> I, I think it's unusual to see a to see a team control the game statistically and, and still not come away with a win. I mean, yes. you, you're a man of the world. You've clearly seen a lot of things that I could scarce, scarcely imagine or comprehend. I've seen a man's head blow to pieces before. Jesus Christ. Sometimes you need to bring in head explosions to really drive home the points that this is serious. Yes, yes, absolutely. I couldn't take it more seriously. You're the first caller ever, Wayne from Warn Ponds. Welcome to the Chaps Chat Cats. Oh, oh it's, it's, it's an honor to be uh, the, uh, the first caller, guys. Uh, well, we're on the subject of, uh, of the podcast, and you guys being just uh, just absolutely stand-up blokes. You're a pack of bloody morons, all right? You're a pack of morons. Just off the top, can we finally acknowledge that I finally put together the perfect intro? Was it different? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. My name's Jake Botel, and I'm joined, as always, in the virtual studio by Sambo Rig Botel, Johnny the Whip Larkin. How are you, chaps? Oh, freezing my mail sack off, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's pretty good. Nice, pretty good. What's the pretty darn good? What's the evening's been like? been on happening not a lot not much no? put put the kids to bed had some food came uh, out here froze my nuts off <laughs> had some food watched some castlevania finished nice. off a game and now here finished here off a game are. you finished off a game John. finished off a game finished right. off a game yes yes how was it that was a enjoyable good game it was in a way in, in a way it was enjoyable yes in, a, in, a in another in another way it was Sad or <laughs> yeah, another way it was sad, depressing, and all all the emotions all at once. Made, so, made you feel them the man man emotions deep yeah. in the made me in the feel, cobbles. Made me feel those man emotions deep down in the sack. <laughs> <laughs> the man emotions deep in the sack. Man emotions and and uh, <laughs> women emotions are completely different, as they're, they're not identical. John's way to make that clear, dangerous <laughs> territory. Going into some some weird territory straight on. Now I have to, I have to real to, bullshit territory there to, to change direction, not completely, but somewhat. I have to admit, I said to. I said to Jake before the pod when it, it, it had rocked on a couple of minutes. I said, "Should I should I give John a bit of a hurry on?" And we we collectively went, "No, no, he's he's probably you know looking after Michelle or having yeah. dinner with Michelle or something." We'll we better not. We better, better not. It might be might be too ruthless. I'll be honest. If I knew you were playing a game, I absolutely would have given it to you. Absolutely, you, you for sure would have got some some memes and some gifts. I was. <laughs> I was surprised. I I didn't get any. I truly. I, well, to be fair, John, I assumed the best of you. <laughs> <laughs> you did, and you assumed completely wrong. Don't want to see buddy. The wife said. The wife's at work, so didn't have to look after, don't have to look after her, and right. 
Just just play some video games. Just play yeah. some video games. Nothing else on. Nothing else going nothing on. Nothing else. Nothing else to do. No. no one else waiting on you or anything like that. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. Perfectly free run. Free Sam's, run at I'm a Sam's giving free up man. his ability to have any more children in the future as he his nutsack goes <laughs> fucking gangrenous so, in the snow. No, nah, this is help. This is help me have kids in the future because I've I've frozen my my, my, my samples for, for future generations. I don't need to need to bake them in any way. I just have to wait fifteen years for them to thaw. I'm very aroused. Oh, good stuff. All right. Oh, Jesus. Oh, how, how many is that, Jake? That's three, three. new sounds off. <laughs> three, three. Three. You said we've got eight to fit in. <laughs> yep, absolutely. at least eight. Hit the ground um, running. <laughs> Hit the ground running. We nearly face-palmed, uh, face fell face-first into the ground, but we steady ourselves as well. That's right, absolutely. Quite nicely. Steady manoeuvre. Um, all right. So, big episode to get to today. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We appreciate it. <laughs> I'm not signing off. Um, just, just a little shout out there to anyone who's plugged. That's the podcast we're done. John's got more video games to play. We've yeah. got to <laughs> <gotta> go. <laughs> now I have to ask Jake: Do you ever say it's not a big episode? I feel like, like will you yeah. ever admit if you're like, look, it's a pretty shit one today. We've not, yeah. <laughs> not got a lot to go over. This one. Uh, look, if, you, if there was one to skip, it'll be this one. It'll yeah. be just. Just go and go and listen to something else. I think some they probably could just skip this one if they wanted to. No, oh, John, this is a big one. He just, <laughs> said, a big he just said it's a big one. It's no, that's a big true. episode. It is a big episode. Would I, lie to, the, lie. Would I lie to the listener? Never. Absolutely not. There's only special. Sometimes. No, this is a big episode, John, because we've got a massive game to get through. Obviously, result didn't necessarily go the way we wanted. Got all that to get to. We've got two not really. Two submissions to the mail sack. Um, and, oh. and five more brand spanking new sound drops to get in. I think you said eight. Well, we've had pro- three, five more. Ah, five more, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John's trying just, to get on me. John. <laughs> <laughs> I was maybe the listener just somehow dropped right in there when you said five. I was just well, five up more, for... five additional. Five additional. Five additional. Had, had three, eight total. Yeah. Possibly we'll play some of them more than once, possibly some we, old ones. Yes. Spe- speaking <laughs> and of now, everyone's up, caught up to speed. Caught up to date with what may or may not happen yeah. going forward. I have so. no idea what's going on, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're still drowning in your man tears, that's why. I am, I am. <laughs> what do you, you, you need you need to Absolutely. be woken up to you, Johnny. You need a bit of a bit of juice. A bit of a bit of juice would be good. Bit bit of, juice. Fair enough. Man juice. Now I must ask, is this a drink for men, by men, or both? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's just go and say both. Both. He oh. needs some milk. <laughs> <laughs> That's four. Halfway there, folks. Don't go anywhere. The good shit's still to come. <laughs> Might have blown the old sound drop load a bit early. Um, all right, let's, let's get <laughs> let's, let's get, get into this fucking game of football. All right, first off, let's, first let's off, do gotta... the thing this uh, podcast is about. Let's do it. Oh yeah, I oh, the numbers, oh, the numbers, yeah, the numbers. Oh. All right, let's. Ah, pick... fuck. Are we going to do away with the uh, the nicknames here, or we want you want to rip through some nickies? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, let, let's 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 soldier on. I just just don't throw to me. We'll we'll jump in if we've got one. All right. 
don't, also, don't, don't leave any dead air when we can't think okay. of it. Um, <laughs> it's too embarrassing. Here's an, here's an important question. Yes. Did Colin make these sound drops or was this all your oh, These are, these your are far work? too good. These are clearly, I was clearly I was gonna Jake's say, work. I was going to say, this sounds of Jake's magnificent work. If Colin, clear if Colin had recorded the sound drops, if he took the Borat sound drop from the movie, what we would end up with when we hit play was the movie leading up to that line that line would be gone and then we'd have the rest of the movie after that. <laughs> that's that's the depths of Colin's ineptitude. We're all over it. Um, all right, so numbers. All, over it. all right, well, I think you've got one, an easy one out of the gate here. Doy Reed. Doy Reed was the first, <laughs> the first, recorded, the first recorded cat I could find to wear the number thirty. Uh, he wore it four times in nineteen nineteen. Uh, Frank Keppel wore it forty times from nineteen twenty seven to nineteen thirty. Frank Keppel, Billy Kettle, <laughs> Billy Dunn. Uh, nice, Len. <laughs> I Len, like me some abstract ones. Len White and Jim Norman both wore it thirty. Uh, they wore it thirty-two and thirty-seven times, respectively, between nineteen forty-seven and nineteen forty-eight. At the same time, uh, they were conjoined yeah. twins. It was a, it was a bit of an uproar with the draft <laughs> that year. With <laughs> got the, the two players for it's one true. pick, but yeah. you know, half your luck, or double your luck, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, <laughs> oh fuck! Uh, is this play left-footed? Which one? Um, all right. Um, we had John, John Scarlett. Uh, now I meant to go and Google. Was Just John Matt, Scarlett? Was Matthew. John John Scarlett's? Was he? Is he Matthew's father or grandfather or whatever? Because if someone wants to jump on, see if you know is John Scarlett. Matthew's come. Look at it, you boys. Like someone wants to grab up the phone. I'm doing it. I'm oh, doing good, it. Good, I'm good. Try, I was trying Wait. not to look at the phone. Sorry. 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 <laughs> trying to, trying oh. to do it out of left field, mate. Oh, um, do it, Sam. Do it. John Scarlett was the first uh, to clear. No, that's 50, it. Just... He, he cleared 50 games, 100 games, and 150 games in the number 30. Uh, nice. He played 100, 183 matches. From 1967 to 1977, Damien Burke. Yes, it is indeed a relation. That's his father. Fantastic. Nice. Oh, if only I had a Luke. I am your father. Drop. Fuck. Um, Come on, Colin. Damien Burke wore it 102 times from 1983 to 1989, and then for a couple of seasons in 91 and 92. Matthew Scarlett wore his dad's number in 284 games, the most of any cat. From 1998 to 2012, winning three premierships from four grand final visits. Um, who's the current number 30 wearer? Um, I'll just, we'll just say Sorry, Matthew but... Scarlett's nickname can be uh, Legend. Yeah, that's right. Fucking Legend. Hall Fucking Legend on, alongside all in premiership players. Who, who, who wears the 30 um, now, boys? Tom Atkins. Bang! Did you read the notes or you guess it? I just knew. I also knew, but John's quicker. <laughs> a few ones I knew. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Tom Atkins, the current number 30, has worn it 54 times since 2019. 
reckon pretty consistent performer, old Tommy Adkins. All right, so mm. number 30 in the AFLW, uh, Rocky Cranston. So obviously not a cat at the moment, now a bulldog. But Rocky Cranston last season and the two seasons previously uh, wore the number 30 for the Cats 21 times, kicking 11 goals, laying 60 tackles. Cranston will play, as I said, 2021-2022 AFLW season at the Bulldogs. So we'll have a few uh, a new number 30 for the Cats this year. All right, Cats v. Demons. Um, that was the opening siren. That's right. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, Takes me back. The, uh, the, <laughs> uh, the Cats hosted their final game of the regular season and perhaps their final home game of the season um, down at Cadinia Park on Saturday night against the Melbourne Demons. Things started in tight fashion with the sides each kicking two goals in the first quarter. Luke Dahlhouse and Joel Selwood scoring for the Catters between goals to the Demons. Uh, Melbourne kicked the first of the second quarter and quiet alarm bells might have been ringing for some Cats fans. But Geelong then hit the gas on the Demons as they nailed on the next eight majors for the quarter. Uh, via Tom Hawkins, who kicked three, Cameron, who kicked two, and singles to Rowan, Dangerfield, and Close. And the Catters took a 10-2-62-3-5-23 lead at the main break. Now, chaps, it's worth noting as an aside, this was about the most nervous I've been at a halftime break all season. Uh, the sphincter was clenched. There were the butt sweats going on. Um, I don't think uh, my sphincter unclenched for the entire game. So it, was, it was it was as much as before the game I said I was mm. like ah, it doesn't matter too much at the end of the day boy I, I wanted that win once the siren oh went. <laughs> yes that went out the window didn't it yeah I was and then, really ten- I, I think I messaged you guys I was like I don't think I can watch a whole game of this nah and that was at like quarter time <laughs> yeah and um don't so, continue anyway Mish. yeah no Get worries through your wonderful um, recap <laughs> thank you John um four points to Gryffindor. Um, the third quarter was also a tightly contested affair as Geelong kicked two goals via Hawkins and Rowan, but were answered thrice by the Ds. The Cats held a 32-point lead headed into the final term, and what unfolded was a little startling as Melbourne booted six goals to two behinds in the last quarter, including a run of four goals in the first nine minutes, to charge to the finish line and take uh, the wind with a Max Gorn goal after the siren. The Cats' first loss after leading by such a significant margin at home since 2006 and Melbourne's first minor premiership since 1964. Um, for US viewers or listeners who are unaware, minor premiership is when you finish the regular season on top of the ladder. Um, chaps, obviously want to get to your takeaways but I've got some audio for you from uh, Geelong Cats Twitter. Um, if you if you're interested in hearing it after this game, can I play that? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. All right. Play it. So, play it. This was Cats Twitter after. Put it in the game. Your ear holes. <laughs> Uh, with all with all that said, um, I, are you sure that's not the the microphone that I that I hid in your toilet? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the 
Man, people, people teed off. I was, I was very chill after this game. People on Twitter were not. We had the regular, you know, oh, you got to sack Chris Scott. He's got no idea. Got to drop Reese Stanley. You got to do this. People were out of control. Um, for for a little bit of sanity, um, uh, Johnny, what are your three takeaways? Have you got some takeaways? Oh. Oh, what have we got? Do we want to do this like this? Yes. Yes. I had. Yes. Cool. Yeah. I just. I hadn't warned. I had. I hadn't warned John that we might do it tonight. Okay. I had a feeling it might be coming. Okay. So, 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 do you want to lead off? Yes, I want to do this. Okay. Do it. What were your three takeaways? And we'll get into anything that we. Shall we do one each so we can? Are you happy? Are you happy to go your three straight up? Um. Sure. I'll, I'll... If you can think of three, just <laughs> list three things off the top. I think right. my, my issue and the, the, the letting the viewers know the, how the sausage is made here. My, my issue, my feelings with Jake was that if we go one, two, one, like one each, we'll probably get sucked into like discussing each one yes, as true. much right. as the last one. Whereas this way we can go back and pick and choose a bit. I'll <laughs> Sorry to throw you in my there, three. Well, that's no, right. No. That's all right. <laughs> You know, when, when I said probably a bit late for this week, but maybe the future, I, I, I did. <laughs> it's never too late. Just never run too late. late. Um, it's good. Fresh format. So my first, love it. first takeaway is probably a pretty obvious one. I feel like you've probably got this one as well, Sam, but I felt like Tom Tommy Stewart's absence was truly felt this weekend in this game, especially in that last quarter. I felt without him there, that what that's what um, really led to those demon goals. Avalanche. Second takeaway was um, bloody impressed by Reese Stanley. I feel like our rucking issues have nearly been solved now. I feel like he's been playing really good. Yes, that last quarter he got dominated by Gorn, but Gorn is a Gorn fairly is gone. <laughs> Gorn is gone. He is a fairly he experienced gone. ruckman. He's one of his the best one in the league, according to um, the AFL. Seven. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and number three takeaway is I also feel like we're missing Duncan and Tui in those other senior roles as well. I feel like those two were yet again missed this weekend. And it definitely showed, I felt like, in that midfield when Dangerfield, so we were off. We really didn't have a big leader role in that centre square where Cameron Guthrie hasn't really been needed to step up to the role. He's got his own little role. But, yeah, I feel like Duncan was missed and Tui as well. They're sort of those leaders that can run into the middle and settle their less experienced guys. Absolutely, I'd... yeah. Uh, you go. You go. I was just going just gonna to build on that and say that that's absolutely what, what we need. There's the moments where we just need just a little bit of – either a little bit more composure or a little bit more run. And sometimes I don't think, you know, there's people that are saying we played too slow. People that are saying we got sucked into the demon speed. I don't necessarily think that that's true for the whole game. There was just moments where we just did the wrong one at the wrong time. And I think that yes. that's what that experience will bring um, to his run from, from the, the back through to center was obviously, yeah, greatly missed. Um, what were you going to say, Jake? No, just, just, Basically, like you were saying, just building on it, and and, and to, to build on what you were saying, um, mm. I, I think I think 
that's a great point. There wasn't so much doing the wrong thing. It was just maybe taking the right approach at the wrong time sort of thing. You know, mm. both game styles we played, I think were really good. And I think there were times in the first half where, you know, we'd smacked on all those goals and then we controlled the remainder of that quarter. Um, I think that was the right, the right move. If anything, I actually think we, we, in the last quarter, we moved to, to possession football too late. I, I felt like, mm. Um, if anything, maybe we should have hit that reset button a little quicker uh, in the final quarter and, and slowed the tempo of the game down um, as soon as possible. And that might have maybe allowed us to open up, you know, in the second part of the, the fourth quarter, you know, as a, I, I, yeah, that's sort of where I fell. I, I thought we could, there were times yeah. in the last quarter where I was like, I'd really prefer if we really like slowed it down here and just took a breather, but maybe moved it on a little too quick. Yeah, and like sometimes it was slowing down or speeding up in the wrong areas. I feel like I would have liked when we were defending, I feel like we could have been slower and more measured. I feel like a bit like the GWS game. Uh, we really got uh, GWS. Um, Thank really, you. And I think it was, was it the St. Killer? I'm trying to think now if it was the St. Killer or the GWS game, but maybe a bit of both. But when we were defending, when the, when they had the ball, we got sucked into ball chasing a little bit. There was a couple of times specifically in the last quarter um, and it crept in a little bit earlier, but specifically in the last quarter where Melbourne would play a little chip or a little hand pass. And rather than one man go to and another one or two go and pick up a man, we were trying to like mob tackle. Mm. But when the first tackle hadn't been laid, rather than the first tackle laying and you're holding him and then you come in to, to, to lock it up. It was like three of our players would all would all rush. We have Adkins, Guthrie, and and Stanley all rush the player, and he just hand pass fucking thirty five meters over the top to some some player yes. that's just standing there on his own. Like massive hand passes, mass and massive little chip kicks that didn't need to have a lot of power. It would just loop over to free free Melbourne players. I think when they had the ball we could have done with a little bit more slowing them down. Let make them be the team to have to turn around and kick it back. Yeah. Like we just got sucked into trying to smash them, trying to lock them down. And then when we had the ball, I don't know so much about the the tempo. Like yeah. we were dominant when we were temp when we when we upped the tempo with the ball. But there's a there's a difference between picking your moment, playing it around and, and then hitting them on the counterattack and then just blazing away when you've got the ball. I feel like that's kind of the difference that even, because even when we played up tempo and smashed them in that quarter, we looked very casual, like in a good way. Like we weren't loose. It didn't look like we weren't, we weren't running ourselves ragged Mm. and it wasn't just bomb it in there. Cameron will get it. Bomb it in there. Hawkins will get it. It was this really nice flowing, let their waves of attack break. And then we just, went straight back over the top. Um, so again, it's not that we should have been slow or fast here and there. It's more that just maybe sometimes we had the wrong intensity at the wrong times. And I think that just builds on John's point of, of when you're lacking that experience, when you're lacking that player, you know, without Tui, um, without Duncan, and you've got Selwood and Dangerfield on the bench, who's the one saying you go to you 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 mark up picket like you know who's <laughs> you you when you're relying on those people and some of them are injured and some of them are out and the other ones are on the bench like 
a lot of people you said on Twitter were flaming the coaching. Mm. I the only thing I was confused about was that bit where Selwood and and Dangerfield were both on the bench yeah. for 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 an extended period of time. And yeah, like I don't I don't and by confused, I don't mean he made the wrong decision. I just don't I'm not sure why that happened, what the thinking was there, um, or if it was purely coincidental with the with yeah. they just not with it was there not the moment to change that you know um because that can just dis- can disrupt too if a couple of players have the run on and you pull them off and send the other two back on it can you know it can fuck with your structure for that that briefest of moment i'd, I'd heard on twitter that dangerfield was was sore um was carrying okay. a, a bit of a knock up um and, and late in that game and I just, I, I think that maybe there was a health management side to it with, with mm. the finals, mm. but. Um, and it's but hard. Yeah. It's really hard. I saw a couple of reporters, like reputable reporters, like flame saying the loss was purely bad coaching. It's really hard to blame that kind of momentum shift. Oh. on, Especially it's... when you've got, in my opinion, and several other people's opinion, the, the best game day coach, right? Like not necessarily yeah. the best overall coach, the best game day coach in Chris Scott and he can make all the changes and tweaks he wants at quarter time, but mid fourth term, there's only so much you can do as a coach. Yeah. You can't just go, life. hold on, hold on, hold on game. Yeah. Let's just pause. I want my team. To you, come go there, you, go there, you go there, you go there. Yeah. Yeah. Like you just, you've, and again, just to, it just compounds that point of John's yeah. that you just, that's where Selwood, that's where, um, Dangerfield, um, Stewart. Stewart, and Tui. That's the kind of thing that they they've been there long enough. They know the way Chris operates. They know the the team build. They know those things. They would hopefully be able to pick those things out because it's very hard to. It's easy from a bird's eye point of view to kind of look at what's going wrong, but as a as a close or a or a Holmes, um, it's very very difficult to to be able to in those moments, bring yourself out of it and look at it from yeah. a bird's eye view. It's, it's hard as an inexperienced player to go, oh, should I, if I do this one risky thing, mm. will I fuck it up for the team? And yeah. they go maybe for a bit more safer option and it still doesn't really work. And there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of inexperienced players in there. And I just kept saying, like, not having Stuart's head in the back line is a big thing because he would normally be there to help them or be making a good spot to take a mark, being a good spot to receive the handball or whatever. But yeah, it was definitely felt that his absence was, wasn't there. I definitely. Thought. Yeah. I think, um, and the, the lack of experience really contributes to that ball mm. chasing that, that you, there, there was a lot of intensity, but just not directed in the right direction yeah. all the time because you're like as a as a younger player you're going i really want to fucking win this ball i really want to do yeah. the right thing for my team i want us to win the ball is there i will get it and maybe sometimes that's not playing your position correctly to do yeah. that in that moment um and and stewart's absence was was huge i thought the defense did so just just going back to johnny's second point um i think was that the first point second anyway, point second oh, third, first 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 point Whichever point it was about Stuart, the, yep. his absence was massive. I think we did, the boys in, in the back did really well. Yeah. 90% definitely. of the time. It was yeah. just that other 10% where you need a freak like Stuart um, that's just got that that ability. 
and that positioning and also that that bit of that sort that, of cool head and the calming, game, game awareness. Calming um, aura that he seems just yeah. to, I feel like too he's got that as well, that calming aura just go, hey, let's just not freak out just yet. Let's yeah. Yeah, cool. And I mean, I mean, Henderson's no no spring chicken. He's certainly no. got experience, but I I don't think he is that kind of presence. No. Personally, I don't think he's the guy in the back to be to be taking charge and calming everyone down. I don't well, really know no, who it is at the moment. There's a difference too, isn't there, between experience and leadership? Mm. You know, yeah. and I, and I think I feel like you go, John. Tui, Tui, and Stewart have that leadership in. Heaps mm. on those, like they've got so much leadership in them that they can, as a duo, them the back, they're such great leaders. And having both of them out hurts a lot. And hopefully, uh, Tui is back this week, this Friday night, I think. Mm. Um, and I think that will really settle the defense a lot more. And I don't think we'll probably have that like run of a lot of goals unanswered. Well, uh, and I just had a look at the like the games, you know, in terms of the like Mitch Duncan, Tom Stewart, and Zach Guthrie, uh, Zach Tui. Uh, that's five hundred and fifty odd games of experience out of the side, and I think it's you know, to, I think probably you know five hundred and fifty games of leadership too. I think specifically, like mm. the boys are saying, when you look at, um, you know, I mean, Duncan plays in that midfield with Selwood. Um, with your danger fields who already have that on-field leadership. So I'm not saying that he's not a leader, but I think the losing the experience of Tui and Stuart down back and their leadership. Yeah. I think that was a massive thing. What do you, what do you think Johnny? Like, is, is this like endangering the, the finals run? Not having not at all. And Tui? Uh, not having Stuart and Tui. I think that's, that's something that would be, Bit of a worry, mm-hmm. but after two games without them and seeing what happens at its, at its worst, I feel like there is ways to fix it. So I'm not so stressed about it. I'm not going, oh, it's all over, it's all game done. We're not going to win mm-hmm. a final. I think we're going to, I think we can still win it. Um, and when Tui does come back, that's just going to be a big bonus. We know Stewart's not coming back. That's he's gone, unfortunately. But yeah, um, if we can't get Tui back for the finals, then the Rory play would start to set in. But I also think we've got that defensive team is really good when they're on song. They just got to make sure they measure themselves throughout the game, make sure they don't have that 10% lapse where a team can get on top of them. But apart from that, it's, it's still smooth sailing, I think. Um, Got not much really you can do when the team goes on such a big momentum run. It's hard to stop. And was, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited for the finals. I, f- I feel like there's a lot more the Cats can do in a final series. I feel like the last few weeks have just been coasting, just playing what they playing how they needed to play, knowing that top four has been set. We've got a double chance, no matter what happened this game we just coast through it make sure no one else gets injured and set for the finals and this, I feel like this is a huge finals this year like these last few weeks have been exciting football for every game and 
having the top four and top bottom eight not or bottom four not set in the last round was really exciting and produced some of the best footy we've seen for a while. And I don't know, either of you guys want to talk about Johnny's point about Reese Stanley um, and then we'll, we'll flick to you, Sambo, for your three points. But this dude is, uh, I just wanted to give you his stats. Um, sorry, you go. What, what were you saying? No, I was going to say he was one of my points, so I'm happy to be well, for that one to be an overlap and we'll discuss my first point and John's first point at the same time. All right, so I'll give you his stats then. So he had just 13 disposals for the night, but also laid three tackles, had 33 hitouts. Gorn had 36 and he had seven clearances. I thought he was playing like a man possessed. I thought you could really see a, a, like a lift in his ferocity at the ball, his ferocity at trying to out jump Gorn and impact the ruck contest, impact the clearances. W- what did you guys think? Like where are you at with Stanley? Well- I thought he saved about four or five goals for the Cats on the weekend. There was so many times where he got ran to spoil someone, ran to punch it through for a behind or was on the yeah. goal line, just make sure it went through. And and was probably involved in as many up the other end. Yeah. I, I thought he was, wherever the ball was, he was nearly there the whole time and he was running his absolute guts out. And I think in that last quarter, you could see Gorn's experience in rucking sort of got the better of him. He sort of just used that high jump against Stanley a bit. But apart from that, I thought it was just a bloody outstanding game by Stanley. And as I said, I think our ruck issues nearly settled now. I think just keep Stanley there because he's done fantastic the last few weeks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. I think, as I said to you guys, I, I feel like he was just out there to prove prove the doubters wrong, to cement his position, prove prove his place in the squad and on the field. Um, and I think I think he did it. Like I think the fact that he did that well against Gorn at that level when there was so much for Gorn to be playing for is is incredible. I don't I don't see how you can look at that and say get rid of him say it was it was somehow his fault or it just i yeah like i don't know what more he could have done no. in in that scenario yeah. um and I mean, it's, it's just it's just such an all or nothing view to look at it yeah. like that and look at this one game and not take into account the player he's against not take into account the team he's against not take into account the stakes the difference in yeah. experience like it's just yeah, I, was gonna, I was just gonna say i think the only thing he has that Gorn has is much more game experience in rucking. Mm, yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's, yep. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I don't think Chris Scott's the kind of person to be swayed by the, by the tweets. I think he knows what he's doing. And I, I think he knows, knows. I think he would be seeing the value that we saw. I don't think he's yeah. turning around tomorrow and going, Stanley cost us that game or Stanley's no good for the ruck or anything like that. Um, I have faith that he would, would feel the same. Absolutely. What about your two other points, Sam? What were your three you know, major takeaways from the game? Uh, my two other points were, I've blanked now that I literally just had them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one, of them one of them being that... This, so Stanley was my first point. The other point being 
Melbourne just really wanted it more. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way of Geelong not wanting it or like not trying their hardest. Um, but it just, it just, I mean, it, it felt this way to us as, as a, as a podcast beforehand. So I can't help but feel like it probably felt this way to the cats beforehand that there was so much more to go. There was so many more games to go and finishing on top, you know, finishing as high as you can would be nice. But even Chris Scott mentioned in the post game that he felt like the future of, of the season was a bit of a cloud on his team's minds. Uh, and I think that's what, what finishing first meant to Melbourne was one of the big trump cards of that game. Uh, yeah. And my, my third point was that I think this really, <laughs> I, I feel like people could really call us just, I don't know, naive or glass half full for this. But I think this game, despite the end result, proved our feelings that Melbourne's best gets demolished by our best, but our less than best gets beaten by Melbourne's best that I think, I think Melbourne are just too consistent. Like even with that whole game, when you looked at how Melbourne played at the end versus how Melbourne played when they were down to us, there wasn't a huge difference. Nah, I agree. (laughs) Like it really didn't seem like they pulled the trickery or switched some things around on the field or changed up their game plan. It really looked like they just kept doing the same thing. Like maintained their consistency and they just relied on some some hippy dippy woo woo kind of how important it was to them. Yeah. Like yeah. Not, not in a mean way, like that's part of football. <laughs> right, right. Is to yeah. like to, yeah, to was... bank on heart and belief and confidence and momentum yeah. and all these things. Yeah, it was a massive game for Melbourne. Like they haven't been in minor premier since nineteen sixty four. That's a long time. So there's all that emotion going. We've got this chance to get this thing for the supporters, for the members that have stuck by them for so long. Yeah, that's mm. a huge thing. And yeah. good on them for taking that and getting a minor premiership. Yeah, like, and I don't want to be dismissive in terms no. of like, in terms of like, oh, I didn't want to finish first and we didn't need it that much. We'll, we'll win the, pre- we'll win the finals. Who knows? We don't know that, but I just feel like, it's there's still more to go and it didn't i don't think that made and we knew even if we got the home home final it wouldn't be home and even more so with COVID, it wouldn't even probably be melbourne yeah (laughs) like it's it didn't it didn't mean that and it didn't have the symbolic weight that it had for melbourne so i just i i do think yeah yeah i was also like yeah it'd be great to win it but then another part of me was like well yeah, I was a bit disappointed that we didn't win it, but I was just like, well, absolutely, especially in the moment. There's, there's, there's no, not much. Like the, the the difference is, we'll get a home game maybe in Adelaide, which would be class as our home game. And if we lost, we'd be playing in Adelaide. Yeah, and it would but, wouldn't be classes out. We, we, yeah. We'll either be playing in Adelaide against someone from Adelaide or playing in Adelaide against someone who's not also not from Adelaide. So it's yeah. it, there's a difference, but it was slight. It was very slight. And I think the Cats definitely felt it in that last quarter, maybe. It was like, uh, I don't want to say that. I didn't feel it. was just that. Well, I think, it was, I think just in that the, thing. 
I think in the in the third, I think it did not again not not they didn't want it in terms of we didn't want it that much, but versus the amount that Melbourne yeah. did want it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's it was difference. definitely in the back of the cat's heads, like it was just hanging there. Yeah, well, even the even um, the 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 Melbourne blanked on his name. Uh, we need that sound drop, Jake. Um, the Melbourne coach, um, uh, Simon Goodwin. Goodwin afterwards said, "We're only halfway there." Like. You know, this was half of what we wanted to achieve, and that's great that they're they're moving on to that, and that that's the way they want to look at it. But I don't feel like Geelong winning, and if Geelong had have got the minor premiership, I don't think we would have gone. Oh, we're halfway there. I don't yeah. think it even would have equated to that. I think it's on to the next game. Like, yeah, it it just, just they they Melbourne are trying to break through a lot of ceilings. Yeah, um, and Geelong are just trying to win the premiership. Here's, one, here's, one, here's a couple of thoughts just to piggyback on that. One is this is such an experienced Geelong team. Like there are so few like genuine like youngsters in the team. Like on, on the Saturday night you had Max Holmes, um, I guess Brad Close, both count as as what we would say. Simpson. Young, Myers is pretty young. <laughs> Atkins my, as well, my, you could put in there. My, my point here being that does, does Geelong need, like, you've got everything there. Does Geelong need a couple of these young guys to kind of go, oh, wait, this is our turn to write our part of the Geelong legacy? Because if you think back to, like, 2007, or, or you contrast it with Melbourne, Melbourne are at the start, and this is something I've been thinking about a lot with the AFL this season. Richmond have fallen off. Their dynasty may have fallen into the ocean. Hawthorns has fallen down. Um, you've, you've got a couple of, you know, the like massive powerhouses that have dropped off this season. And you've still got Geelong there. Like Geelong is still here as a constant, but you've got these other powers now trying to make a move to take these places at the top of the tree. You've got your Port Adelaide who have been like around the fringe for a while, probably for the best part of a, a decade, they've been circling that top four. You've got Brisbane who have been building to it. You've got Melbourne. So you've got all these new teams with new players, fresher faces maybe, who are really hungry to build their own legacy. And then you've got a Geelong team that is very much like, and I, I saw it used in an article, like the adult in the room. And that's really good, mm. I think. But do you think it would be valuable to have a couple of these youngsters in the team to just maybe flick a switch and be like, one minute, this is exciting. You know what I mean? Like it's their yes. first time. It's our first time being here. It's our first time being in a finals campaign, which is something that so many of these Geelong guys are almost not numb to, but like they've been here. We've been here so many times that it feels like business as usual. But I feel like the youngsters, and to a, to another extent, Tui, you need some fire starter personalities maybe to, to remind people this is special. Like, yeah, yeah, we've had it every year almost this opportunity, but but this is another one, and this is just as special. This is our chance too. Like, do you, do you I, think that's I something we like, from Tui? I feel like um, Holmes could be one of those players. I feel like he's some yes. build some of that. Fire, that, some of that feeling in it as well. And you'd like to say, Grind Myers as well, but he's missed quite a few weeks. His first game back, 
So he's hopefully going to get better. I feel like Parfit as well. He's one of those guys that can really boost as well and set, mm. set a game a lot. I feel like he's getting ready to do something special. Atkins as well. I feel like Tipley had one of his not so good nights on the weekend. He did a few things where I thought, oh, First should get off a bit too. earlier. Tried to do a bit too much with it. Maybe it was excited, probably a bit overexcited in certain situations. Yeah, he just sold, it, sold himself into trouble a couple of times, yeah. which, is, which, is, which is rare. It is rare. So I think he'll probably calm down. But yeah, I feel like Holmes, Parfit, and even, yeah, Holmes and Parfit, I feel like those two can. I feel you like know what I mean, though? Build it up close as well. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just need those guys that can go, hang on, we're in a good spot. Mm. At another chance at another grand final. Let's I don't a special month that it's gonna be. I, I yeah, I, I don't know for sure that it's this year that, that happens. I think that the balance of of experience is 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 too far one way. I mean it, it might not, but and this isn't a slight at the no. Geelong team and, and, and the age, but at the moment you've got so many of the ones that have been here before and and done it all before and then on top of them you've got people from other clubs who have kind of been been around the traps a little bit longer and mm. i don't think as a as a young guy like why would close step up tomorrow and be selwood when selwood's there yeah like yeah. i think i think you've i think not that we don't need them to and not that yeah. it wouldn't be good to but realistically i think in terms of dynamics i don't think you you generally step up and take someone's place and do it for yourself and your your sort of age group until you are sort of like like maybe next year maybe the year after when like you we're looking at maybe half half the players we've got now might be looking at retirement at the end of the year um like half the experienced players we've got now and i think you you'd see that gradual changing of the guards mm. I, I i don't i just don't think hawkins selwood dangerfield i don't think these guys are there yet i don't think they're I think they're still doing it enough for them. So I, I I think you're absolutely right, Jake, that that needs to happen. But I feel like that might be another year or two, yeah. personally, before well, they because just just with just with power dynamics. I mean, it you know. But Dangerfield is sorry. You go. Dangerfield Maybe even and um... Tui are a good. Sorry, John. Dangerfield and Tui <laughs> are a really good example, though, too, of two guys who are super experienced, but they've never won one. Mm. You know, and, and so yeah. maybe it's guys like that who can be that. So I, I don't know. It's just, I guess. Yeah, I just, no, that's a good, that's was, a good point. I think that's I was a good just going to back up Sam's comment where I think he was saying that talking sold on that. Maybe that's what they're building up to. Maybe they've just been going, we'll just get through to the finals. We don't want to get too excited. We don't want the young guys to get all this energy into them. Really get going and burn out early, and, and it, yeah. not have that energy for the big times we're in, in that we're coming into. So maybe they will start building that through the finals and just knowing their experience that they can just slowly get these guys mm. that fire going. And you know, this yeah. is an important game. We need you to get that fire in the belly a little bit more, and then. If they win next next time, you know, have a week off, and then when the time comes, we'll start building that energy again. Yeah. So maybe it's a 
bit of experience just telling to keep a level head at the moment and use it when it's needed. Well, how many teams have ever ever experienced this? Like what Geelong has done, like what we've done in the 21st century, no other team has done. No other team has been, has built up the roster, had a dynasty where they've won, you know, three in five years or whatever it was, and then been pretty much top four for the next decade. Like Hawthorne came up and then fell off. Richmond have come up and could be about to fall off. Sydney kind of had a fall off for a few years. West Coast built to a dynasty, dropped off. Brisbane did it. Like, so it's, it's, I am fascinated to think about how this Geelong team continues to find motivation and, and ways mm. to, because I remember that 2007 season when they got on the winning streak, there was a lot of talk of don't let the lid off, don't let the lid off, don't let the lid off, don't let the lid off. You know, we don't, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. And then I think it was week one of the finals, the Cats went out and obliterated Glenn Archer, Brent Harvey, Brett Harvey, and the Kangaroos by about a hundred points. And then it was like, the lid was off. Then it was mm. like the, the Cats suddenly realized, holy fuck, we are the best team in the competition yeah. and we've got the power to do it. You know what I I've mean? I've got a... And, made, and that's one thing that might happen. Is I've got that weird feeling that that could happen on in the first final. Maybe they do come out and just mm. obliterate a really good Pye Adelaide team. Mm. That would be amazing. It'd be, that, it would be really good, and you you wouldn't you wouldn't begrudge that happening. But no. if it if it if it doesn't, if we don't get Tui back, we're sorely lacking Stewart. Regardless, we don't get Tui back. Um, you know, Dangerfield's soreness from this week turns out to be something more, and he's not at full strength, and we and we kind of limp out of the finals at some point. I I won't hesitate to be looking to next year, like. Yeah. Like I feel really good. <laughs> yeah. I feel really good about going forward as well. I don't want to be glass half empty and write yeah. off this year at all because what you said could happen, could happen. But I don't want like it's... a bit like the like we're talking about the Twitter like get rid of Stanley. It's not all or nothing. Like this no. this competition isn't going away next year. This isn't no. the last AFL Grand Final that we're working no. towards. Like, and I think that's to answer your question, Jake. That's kind of how the Cats have done it by by acknowledging that. And every time there's a loss and, and Chris Scott says, this is only a problem. If we let it be a problem, this is only a problem. If we let it affect us, if we let this become our mentality and the media kind of has a crack at him and goes, Oh, he's making excuses, but it's true. Yeah. We've answered every loss this year. Right. Yeah. Like we, we lose and he goes, it's not, it's only a big deal. If we make it a big deal. We've got the chance think- and people go, oh, he's being passive aggressive and, and being dismissive, but he's not because, you know, they don't let it make become yeah. their mentality. He changes some things and they fucking blow someone away. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure there's a, there's a stat going around somewhere. I'm not sure what the exact stat is, but I'm pretty sure Chris Scott in his entire coaching career hasn't lost more than four games in a row. It might be three games in a row. He's never had a massive losing streak. It's always broken up with wins if he's had a couple of losses there's always a win yep. the week after or something i was thinking there's some crazy stat like that which would make sense with his winning uh winning percentage 
And and honestly, that's that's probably why you know we know his his percentage in finals isn't as good as his percentage throughout the year. And I really think it's because he's got such a good tactical mind and he can see the problems and fix them so much that once you get to the end of the year, there's only a finite amount of time to fix the problems. Yeah. You know, like if if we didn't have finals and it was home and away and whoever finishes on top wins, I think he'd he'd do things differently. And I think we'd see a lot more a lot more premierships like and that's again yeah. not a diss at his coaching and people would say well you need to be able to coach in finals and you do but i just think that is one of his biggest strengths is his ability to read the problems and fix them yeah. and in finals you you run out of opportunities to do that <laughs> you, you can run out within two weeks one week yeah yeah again you've got a game yeah there is no next week to to shape yeah. up for and that's it what is- they've got to sort of put in their mind that you know, we've got finite chances from now on. There's only we've only got two lives. Yep. And that can go away with in the blink of an eye. So it's it's scary. It's terrifying. I can't imagine mm. what the players are feeling like, but I'm also bloody excited. I don't think I've been this excited for a final series for a while. It is insane to think. As Cats fans and and Cats fans listening to this and, you know, whether you're a person who on the weekend said, oh, you got to get rid of Stanley or you got to get rid of the coach or whatever it is. Like, just think about for a minute the fact that I saw the record for the Cats. Like, we've missed, what, finals once since we won but that championship in 2007. In this, um, this way, Selwood's missed one final series his entire career. <laughs> <laughs> I think they said he's only played in one, <laughs> one, one meaningless game in his career. Yep. Like one game that didn't have, you know, uh, you know, you, you weren't extending your season by winning. I think that was yeah. when they finished 10th one year and they played Collingwood in the final round. We couldn't get into finals. So it was essentially a dead rubber. Apart from that, every other game in his career has meant something, you know, for, that's, that's nuts. That's, that's, um, and that's not just, been a, a great player that he is that's to do with the club that's to do with the coaching that's to do with your teammates that's to do with the entire football operation and i don't think with we would have been in this situation if we didn't have chris scott well it's no. a very unique set of skills to come in and manage what was built mm. and extended absolutely yeah for sure um and I don't know that we need to dig into the third point that I raised too much, but I'll bring it up again in case you've forgotten <laughs> just in case there is something to add. Just the fact that I still feel like, as we've been saying all season, Melbourne have a very low, not very low, Melbourne have a, a pretty good ceiling on their on their skill and, and their abilities, and they've got a very high floor that yeah. there's, there's not a lot of margin between mm. their worst day and their best day. Um, and that's, I mean, that could be a bad thing if your team, if your best day is shit and your worst day is even worse. But for them, it's basically their best day is really good and their and their um, their worst day is not much worse. But the positive to that is, I think our ceiling is is astronomically higher. I I just think we need to be able to unlock that ceiling and stay there for, for a bit longer for, for two good quarters. And, and that's all it takes and, and that'll that'll do us because we had yeah. one quarter we had we, we saw one quarter of Geelong and undermanned Geelong on the ropes 
playing at about 80% efficiency and we blew them away. <laughs> yeah. Um, Just for that, two for that quarters. Quarter. If that happened again in that third quarter, would be minor premiers, premiers yeah. probably. And look, uh, this is this is my point three dot a uh, dot, dot b point. So it's I'm going to sneak on the extra point is, and I mentioned this to you guys in the in the chat that it feels like there's a screenwriter writing yeah, yeah. sometimes, and that game really felt there was before we move on from this game. I just want to acknowledge how many weird ass moments happened. Oh, so many towards the end where you just like. What is happening? I mean, Cameron missing was yeah, shocked shocked the, the life out of me. That was like the death, was- death knell to me. I was <laughs> like, Cameron didn't kick the goal. Yeah, um, and then Cameron Henderson colliding. That was oh, excruciating that was, to watch. That was excruciating. And then seeing Guthrie kick out of the full from a uh, dubious free kick that it definitely shouldn't have been there. Even even sort of just before Dale House even had a snap that he yeah. missed that he's not the most reliable but it, it was definitely a snap I would have banked him, to, him. To, yeah. to, to kick at another point. Um, no, was... Rowan missed a set shot earlier. Um, there was some. It looked slick. I don't know if you guys felt this. Yeah. There was a lot yeah. of even Melbourne dropped a fuck ton of marks. Yeah, like, like even was... Melbourne, like that first quarter, Melbourne were shaky. They were missing mm. easy set shots, dropping easy marks, even in that. I didn't really get much of the ball in that second quarter, but it was a weird night of just teams that were making basic error mistakes and then yeah. umpires also just making really just, bizarre just calls. Weird ass mistakes. There was there yeah. was some of the umpiring. I mean, I know we try to steer clear of the umpiring these days as much as we can on the pod. Um but there was some weird things that would happen. And then the same thing would happen the fourth time and that, that one would get pinged. Like the same mm. thing, like some throws. Selwood yep. had one. Selwood yeah. literally scooped the ball up like he was <laughs> had a bucket and was making sandcastles at the beach. Yeah. Oh, and just like, a... boom, like threw it out yeah. at the gullet. And, it, there was it another... and then there were some others that were clear as day hand passes. Yeah. And um, they got called throws. They're out of deliberate, out of bounds. There was three against Melbourne. Mm. And I saw another play two fighter cats that were yep. that went out of bounds. That were there was exactly and there was some, the same as the ones Melbourne's did. That there were some holding the ball decisions where there was no prior, and this goes both ways. Go, yeah. I, I I can think of the cat cat ones vividly, but that's just because who I am. But I'm sure there was some the other way too, where they just get wrap, wrapped up in a in a somewhat textbook tackle um, as soon as the ball had, had bounced to them. And they didn't turn into it. They didn't take them on. They didn't drop it. And it was called holding the ball. And I was I was sort of left scratching my head. Mm. Um, but that I mean, deliberate one. What's the what's the bloke's name from Melbourne with no neck? Shaved head, no neck. Um, <laughs> um, Salem, maybe no. Could be. He's got really quite, quite broad shoulders. He's oh, the one he got, he got pinched for, for deliberate. No, not. He's got a shaved head, really shaved short. Head. He's a real sort of rough nut looking dude um and he, not, um, he he got pinged for deliberate he slid in and knocked, oh, knocked the ball out nathan jones, nathan jones wasn't no. playing last night was he no it wasn't Saturday night, I, I i i do not know his name anyway, anyway <laughs> I, it, but it i know the one i know the one you're talking about though, I, yeah yeah it's just this is just my complete bias field where i don't retain any names that aren't wearing the hoops um 
but and this is one where you 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 Johnny said we we were lucky to get the free kick there because the ball was coming in high and he slid in and kind of just collected the ball and knocked it out. Um, kind of oh, came off Stephen his, May. May, that's yeah. okay. It did ping. It is May. Um, so that to me, and I said, like I said to you, it's it's a hundred percent deliberate, but it's hundred percent not called any other game. Like yeah. the deliberate rule still doesn't mean deliberate. It means no. do particular things deliberately and they're okay but these particular things deliberately are not okay because a hundred times a game a player picks it up and goes oh no yeah i tried but i didn't couldn't keep it in but the other absolutely deliberately (laughs) and the other the other one i couldn't understand was the clayton oliver one where he was running he got tackled by hawkins and he got the kick away and went out of bounds and it was called deliberate it's like when you're getting tackled and you're kicking trying to get rid of the ball because you don't get holding caught holding the ball Mm. you're not caring where you're kicking it you're just trying to get rid of it and in fact in that moment one of the commentators said that it should have actually been a free kick on the spot to hawkins that it was holding the ball yeah that it was a drop a dropped kick not yeah yeah yeah, not an actual kick. kick um so i mean in that scenario absolutely shouldn't have been deliberate no, but, but probably glad it was because our free kick was about twenty-five meters back in the ground. <laughs> so it was, a, but that. So the deliberate rule to me is just bizarre. But but it that last still I've makes re- no sense. I've rewatched the last two minutes, like an unhealthy amount of times, trying to figure out what the fuck happened. It starts at the. the I mean, it probably start. It starts earlier than that, but it it the 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 earliest bit that I. I kept re-watching was the ball comes into that pack and the Melbourne player sockers it off the ground and it goes out and he's called, it's called deliberate. Like the only, and the only, and as much as the commentators are up in arms in defense of Melbourne, the only way I can imagine it being deliberate is if you were assuming he was just trying to gain meters, right? Like it's better to, it's better to have it out of bounds and a throw in 30 meters that way than get held up here. But that's a heck of a call to make. Yeah. As an umpire to go, he clearly was aiming for the boundary from 30 metres back that way <laughs> and <laughs> socket it under pressure, <clears throat> like yeah. ha- a half volley off a single bounce out of bounds. That happened. You see Guthrie ask how long's left just prior to that. Mm. So he knows. He's looking at the bench and he goes, one minute, two minutes, one minute, one minute. Okay. And then he gets the free kick for deliberate. And it's like he's just so shocked that he gets the free kick that he just bolts to it, bolts yeah. to the ball, turns around, and like he could have taken three times the amount of time he took in that moment. So weird to see him panic. And then not only rushes it instead of just turning and chipping it backwards, but doesn't even clear it that far to gain distance and kicks it out of bounds on the full. And then I think Close honestly didn't know he was off the field. Because you see him battle in front of the Melbourne player and punch it. And that's yeah. why it got called deliberate. I think he thought he was spoiling a mark. I yeah. thought that's what it was. I, I was yeah, shocked I it. when it was called. I didn't like I didn't, I didn't even I notice mean, how far out of bounds he was, to be to be honest. I mean, he's they're right on the him and the Melbourne player are right on the boundary. Yeah. But and I think because uh, even Chris Scott said, I oh, in that in that it's a weird free kick in that position. 
you know, the players are coached to do everything they can to not let it go out of bounds on the full, um, which is fair enough. But I'm not yeah. even sure that that's what Close was doing. <laughs> I like the way he fights in front of the dude to punch it is like he's spoiling a mark, like he's trying to stop the guy from from marking it, not punch it out. And even if he if that's what he was trying to do was was stop it going out of bounds on the full. I don't think I've ever seen that paid deli- uh, paid 50 metres. No, I've never seen that. That Because you like, see it all the time. Every time you a player kicks it out of the full, pay. if someone's near it, they they're going to try it. and stop it being out of the full. Yeah. Um, you know, he probably got pinged a little bit because it was almost double. I feel like it was almost double fi- a double-fisted punch. But in this, in the umpire scenario, is that 50 because it's a deliberate on top of out of bounds on the full? Or is it a 50 because he's time-wasting, knocking the ball away? Well, that would just be stupid. Either way, it's it's stupid. Yeah. I mean, that's what the 50 was for, though, was was for time-wasting. Time-wasting, yeah. But they call, they make the time stops when the umpire blows the whistle. Yeah, there is no time-wasting. Yeah. And that made me go, I wonder if the, the game that sort of sealed the Bulldogs' fate had any impact on that decision in yeah. terms of like the ac- the accidental mm. clock stuff ups. Um, mm. But I would, it was almost like they treated it as if close had caught the ball and they said, Oh, it's freaking to him and close threw it away. Yeah. You know, that's 50 when you don't do that. Yeah. But it was in the moment. It was in the heat of the moment. It was. And then to cap it all off, Gorn was in about 50 feet of space. <laughs> the last person you want to be in space. And that's the moment. I think the Cats could have won that game without Stuart. Yeah. But in that, in this universe, in that moment, that's the moment I would have really liked to have Stuart there. That's yeah, the moment where Stuart flies across, Gorn. picks that off. Yeah. I saw Gorn. I was like, oh, shit. And he didn't even have to jump. No, he, he, just, stood, he just stood there. <laughs> I think it was honestly like so much madness in that moment. I think there was just no structure, no, no, was definitely even no to structure. Melbourne. Like the amount, no. of, the amount of players of Melbourne I, that were in the Ford I, fifty. I thought Melbourne even looked confused that they got the fifteen meter penalty. They're like, "What? Oh shit! Okay, yeah, yeah." Because when they plays both, and they're that's all just the like, t- okay, "What? What?" That's the <laughs> time where if you could, you'd call a timeout. As soon as that, yeah. as, as soon as like that ball from Guthrie was out of bounds and there was a, a 50 meter penalty paid, if you could do a basketball and call a timeout, you'd do it then. Oh, you'll be going. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. be like, all right, guys. And here's, so, here's, here's a, a weird little thing, that, a nuance in that moment that I realize I've never bothered to ask. And it's never been that important until now. In, in all my 20 plus years of watching football, I've never thought about it. Is a 50 meter always straight in the direction of the goals, not just straight up the ground? I think it's just straight towards the goals. I, I think. I'm okay. with you. I'm with you because that should have been towards the pocket. Yeah. If you're thinking, well, I wasn't sure. That was if yeah. you if you're treating the ground as if there's a line from one goal to the other, and then there's also, you know, a line beside that line to the same point, and every time yeah. there's a 50, you follow that line straight up. Not to the goal, but to the end of if there was a theoretical square. Are you going towards the line? Yeah. Or are you going towards the goal? I don't know. And it, but in that moment, I I thought, is this meant to be happening? That he's not only going 50 meters up, but he's curving in mm, straight yeah. towards the goal. I don't 
I don't know. Maybe our, we need to Google that. Our sport, <laughs> our sport is such a weird one. And as if like you're talking about like, um, you know, script writing, Max Gorn missed a kick after the siren to beat the Cats a few years ago. I know. Ago. So, yeah. you know, weird shit happens. And, you know, you go back to 2018, Zach Tui, you know, the cloud, the, the Cats come from like 35 points down or whatever it was at three-quarter time. Tui wins and it for them, them after the siren. Weird and then we all know happens. what happens in the finals. Yeah. Yep. That same Melbourne team beat us, didn't they? 2018. Yeah. There they, they, yeah. yeah. Yeah, look, I guess we've we've waffled on. We we should move uh, to some votes, but the, yeah. the 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 point at the end of all that is it was a weird I, game. I, I do, yes, <laughs> weird last minute. I don't begrudge Melbourne no. that weird call with the fifty meters because there were so many others. But it's it's a shame that once again this year the weird call happens at the in the last minute and gives yep. someone the game. Like you can't you can't like we always say. There's a million calls across the game game you can't equate the whole match to one but they're really making it hard not to look at it that way yeah <laughs> this year because it keeps happening and i think if you ask melbourne you know, if if you've got a chance of winning because of a umpire decision or off the back of your own hard work you would like to think that they would say oh we'd like to win it off the back of our hard work they absolutely Which would they absolutely basically would. And they, they did they did, they did. you know they at did. the end of the day yeah absolutely they did but it's just it makes it so easy to take that win away from them a little bit yeah. just like with us and the holding the ball decision that went our way against brisbane against brisbane the, at the yeah. start of the year we won that game absolutely but that we if we could have done it sans that moment it would have been a lot sweeter instead it became yeah. this weird do they deserve it? But I wouldn't fret. Sorry, it was the point I was actually trying to make was as a Geelong fan, I wouldn't fret about the finals and I wouldn't even fret about playing Melbourne again. No. They may do the same thing. They may beat us. They may beat us by more, but we absolutely have the ability to to, to obliterate them. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I, 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 humble, humble opinion. Yeah, in our humble opinion, the Cats are still one of the best teams in the league at the moment. So Geelong fans, don't stress. Yeah. Calm yourself. Calm your farm cats. At the end man. of the day, it's a game. Yeah. Melbourne, it's Melbourne a game. to me, have about the, maybe the fourth or fifth best footy in the competition, but they play it about 97% of the time. There's four, maybe yeah. three or four teams that have a better level, a better ceiling, but they don't play it as often yeah. as Melbourne. So that'll be the, as you said, that'll be the and key. It's and kind of, it's kind of like their worst is still better than half the other club's best yeah. like yeah. it's just like this narrow their their ability just sits in this narrow little field kind of mm. towards the top um yeah yeah, yeah. No, let's move all on right. to the votes. let's do some votes all right um i'll get us started because i've got mine i'm gonna give three votes to sam menegola just assume we don't assume oh, we don't whoa, you're, you're going you're going opposite <laughs> yeah. you're going I'm, the opposite i've yeah i am i'm gonna go the opposite whoa. but then you guys can pick Jesus. it back up i mean i've got mine in the spreadsheet already so i don't have to add them up um, sure. No, that was a burn at me and John for being unprepared. <laughs> yeah. So, Fuck. You, you want to see a dead body moment? Don't you can, you can give body. yourself the want to see a dead body moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, the jo- Johnny's called me out though, so I'll go Reese Stanley with one vote. One vote for Reese Stanley. I'm going to give Stanley two, only gets one vote. Two votes to Joel Selwood. Uh, had a massive uh, selfish game. choice. And three votes to Sam Menegola, who was, you know, all over the place um, in a good way. Um, I was just going to quickly reel off some stats. 
25 disposals, 20 kicks, five handballs, seven marks, two tackles, game high, 603 meters gained. Uh, and Selwood and Guthrie combined massively. Uh, Selwood led the team in contested possessions, got a bunch of clearances, disposals, and Reese Stanley, we already talked about. So they're my one, two, and three. What about you, Johnny? Oh, geez. I'm going to give. Oh, one vote. I'm going to give my one vote to Max Holmes. Like he Maxie played a fairly good day and did some good stuff. Uh, two votes. The obvious choice with the El Capitan, Selwood. Oh, the obvious choice. Two votes for Selwood. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to give my three to. Oh, we have to. It's the obvious choice. <laughs> I, I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm giving three votes to Reese Stanley. Reese Stanley, good on you, Reese. All right, what about you, Sambo? Uh, my the the one vote was really hard. Like I feel like you could rattle off about a dozen players that did actually put in a really good effort. I thought Henry did well. Um, I thought I thought Hendo was good, if a little lost at sea a couple of times. Um, I thought Buse was really good. Had some moments where even when it didn't go our way, when Buse had the ball, he did some really good stuff like when he hand passed between I think it was Petrarca's legs yeah to try and draw the the, the whole like the tackle without the ball or just basically not get pinged for holding the ball mm. um did a, a legal dispossession uh disposal just between the legs that was great um but I'm going to give the one to Cameron um uh, I think nice. I think Cameron's just just so good for the whole team I do think they all lift uh you know obviously he's capable of kicking a few he did he had a weird miss, a weird collision with Hendo. Um, but also, it just reminded me of how good he is further down the ground too. That that sort of <sighs> lobbed through ball to either Dangerfield or Rowan. Rowan got it in the <laughs> end, but it was it was kick. basically a perfect kick to either of them. Yeah, if yeah. the other one wasn't there, the other one. Like, Rowan didn't even have to break stride just to pick that up and keep no. running. Like, it was the, it was the best kick to... Uh, to a lead that you can do like on the run as well you can't you can't get it better than that if the player <laughs> doesn't have to break stride doesn't have to speed up or slow down um so basically he gets one vote just for that one kick but he is also good Probably in other areas also best kick of the night <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i'm going to give two to menegola uh because he's a gun nice. um and i'm going to give three to stanley big racy that's a nice stuff. night for him itself there. Absolutely. Oh, all right, three there. Okay, let me just add this. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'd forgotten about that kick. I'm so glad you reminded me. That was a, just good. And then bloody his goal on the goal line to... Oh, re- he snatched <laughs> it back. Yeah. Oh. That, that was just utterly ridiculous. That All right. Great. That was yeah. a slip catch and then goal. Even got... his miss, sorry, when he when he hit the post, mm. he rushed that kick just a little more than mm. he normally would. Like just yeah, yeah. it felt like he had another three seconds up his sleeve. And he, even on his run up, he suddenly kind of like, I don't know, you just felt like just yeah, some, yeah. some some weird moments like that. Yeah. All um, right. Let's have a look at the standings. The... Joel Selwood. Leads the way. He's going to be hard to track down now. Now we're going to, are we going to bleed our MVP into finals as well? Of course, of, course. Right. of course, of course, of course. Got to, got to reward the players that stand up. 
I hate the fact that the Coleman and that sort of thing doesn't include finals. It's, it's fucking stupid. Yeah. Absolutely, it's absurd. so stupid. Finishing first doesn't get you anything, and winning the as a team and winning like playing well in the finals doesn't get you anything as an individual player. Yeah, what is it? Are we absurd. a are we a finals competition or are we a home and away season? Which yeah. is it? Hundred <laughs> percent. Well, just... with all with all the drama we've been having this season, it's home and away. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. I could not pass that setup, Sam. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You knock him down. (laughs) Joel Selwood leads the way on 49 votes. He's now got a 10 vote lead over Tom Stewart. Who has thirty nine? Cam Guthrie. Well, I don't think Stewart's going to catch him, to be honest. No, nah. And then you've so it's <laughs> I tell you what, if, if Stewart somehow manages to come back, I think he'll be getting three votes every single week. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, I'm praying for a you know a, a Max Rook, you know cow blood injection, you know Tom Stewart. <laughs> but oh God, that's Tom Stewart's music. Yeah. On Grand Final get day, on, get on the blood. Early. Whoever whoever gives the Rolling Stones their bloody. Yeah. injections and yeah. blood transfusions that's right we need we need yeah. this player on the field stat that's right um so what's that uh stuart uh, stuart 39 votes then you got cam guthrie on 38 so he's 11 votes back then even further back 21 votes back is zach Tui uh on 28 uh, Patrick Dangerfield on 27, Menegola 22, Parfit and Gary Rowan on 21 each. Jack Menegola Henry, has made a, a, a late run. Menegola has. has got himself, what, 19 votes in the last six weeks of the season. So he's, he's come on strong. Um, and then, yeah, Jack Henry 19. Jeremy, uh, sorry, Jack Henry 20, Jeremy Cameron 19. And then it drops back. Uh, a fair way so they're the top sort of players we've done a good job i think about everybody has had a vote at least one vote this season um, yeah absolutely if i look at the list here all right shall i wheel in the horse yes. bring in that horse yeah. shoot it with a laser all right they break it squeak or something yeah it's it's no good for racing anymore lollies are a spray it's from the coach. Lollies, absolutely. Sprays. You get your cordial. You get this. Lollies are a spray from the coach. Lollies, absolutely. It's what half times yeah. about. It is indeed what half times about. All right. Uh, no VFL. I think they've have they cancelled the VFL men's season. I think. I think it's going to. Come they have. It's, are they going to play a grand final between the two teams who are on top or something? I think it was last time. They're playing a weird final series where top plays eighth in round one and top plays eighth, second plays seventh, third plays sixth, fourth plays fifth. And yeah, they're taking one round out. What a weird... Apparently it's the second time it's happened in the VFL history. All right. Um, And VFLW, I've heard nothing about the grand final. No. Um, as yet, we might have to get a uh, see if we can get one of the girls on and see what's if they have any information. Absolutely. Um, Eddie Maguire, wanker of the week. Anyone got one? We've got one from a listener. Oh, oh. I, I forgot about the old Eddie Maguire. Me too. Um, 
Well, will I play the music and read the uh, the the listeners one, and then you guys can have a think. Okay. Yes. Eddie Maguire. Eddie Maguire. Eddie Maguire. Eddie Maguire. Eddie Maguire. Wake up! All the week. All the week. That's right. It is the Eddie Maguire wanker of the week. We've got one from David from the Oklahoma Panhandle. I was going to say, is it going to be David or is it going to be Rossi? Or is it going to be Jared or who knows? David deserves a a wrestling wrestling intro. Oh, no. you got to be kidding me. Oh, no, 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 no. Not from up there. Oh, man. Um, so <laughs> David says, I'm about done with the Cats fans demanding everyone from Chris Scott down be fired or cut from the squad. I nominate those fans for Wanker of the Week. Nice, David. I'll piggyback. I'll jump on the back of your broad Wanker of the Week shoulders and just <laughs> agree with I'm you there. very aroused. Um... <laughs> What about you, Sambo? Do you have a, a, a wanker of the week that you'd like to nominate? I was I was looking for the name of a particular member of the media that slammed Chris Scott's coaching. Um, oh, I had it. I don't even know who this motherfucker was, but um, <laughs> not <really safe. laughs> nah, here we go. Here we go. It was, a, it was a tweet. I don't know. I don't know who he is. Right. Tim Yeatman. Anyone know oh, him? Fucking never heard of him. No, but it sounds like he needs to be yeeted away. Apparently a, a reporter. And he says, and he called it an inexcusable loss. The best player doesn't p- touch the ball in quarter four. Poor coaching. Completely unnecessary. Um, oh, completely unnecessary 50 against. So he was basically blaming Chris Scott, not only for Dangerfield not touching the ball, but for Close giving away the 50, somehow indicating that that was... Chris Scott's fault as well. I don't know who you are, Tim, and I don't really want to find out because you sound like a cock. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Do you have a wanker, Mesh? Uh, are you going to ask me? I was like, yeah, that was just me <laughs> rambling. Um, oh, yeah, it's the wanker of the league. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I think I, I was pretty much just going to I had I had a I had one that was not related to football, but I've decided to let that lie in 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 the hope that we can just give the the listener some purely football based content instead of ranging out into other things that are pissing me off. So I've left that one. Nice. I'll I'll just add to I I'll piggyback onto both of you guys, people who are basically freaking out over nothing. It's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> People just been, yeah, <laughs> settle down. Jesus. Um, yeah. All right. Do y'all want to slip open the mail sack? We've got a fat sack right here. Oh, have, we got, s- have we got a new sound drop for the mail sack? Fuck. I don't know. Probably not. Oh, Come Jesus. on, Colin. <laughs> Fuck's sake. I don't know if I have. I, well, we need to get like the sound. You know, we can either go like, like just having simple, like a, like a, you know, like a, a cord, un- a pull cord undoing or something. But I really think we should get the sound from when the queen alien from Aliens lays an egg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or when she... Um, the big... Rips- t- t- 
tubular thing that just kind of like I'm not lets even the uh, egg fall out. Rips just her egg sac from her body. Mm. Something from Alien, definitely mm. for the for the male sac sound yes. drop. I'm Absolutely. Aroused. Um, what about the um, Colin giving himself away there? Um, yeah. So uh, Colin very much into. Um, I'm trying to think about what the what they call those aliens. What do they call them? Xenomorphs. 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 <laughs> Xenomorphs. Jesus, Jesus Christ, Jake. <laughs> Colin. There's wow. going to be one listener that's going to be raging. I can't imagine who it would be. No. We, we just lost. <laughs> some we, don't, we lost the listener. Non specific alien <laughs> fan listener out there. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, not my cup of tea. It's um, like a, just getting what the, the uh, that chick from its name was like a uh, ripper or something. <laughs> a ripper. Yeah. What a ripper. What a ripper. Arnold Schwarzenegger was in the Alien movie, wasn't he? Absolutely. <laughs> the one where, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's one where he says, "Get to the chopper." Yeah, that's Alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And cool. then he then he teaches some kids at kindergarten. I don't know. That's it's weird. Right. It's a weird he movie. Gi- he yeah, it is weird. <laughs> <laughs> he gives birth to the Alien. Yeah, he gives birth. That's right. That's the start of the movie. He yep. gives birth to the alien and then he has to teach some kids at kindergarten. And while he's doing that, they tell him he has to go to space uh, to hunt down the alien that he birthed. And then it ends up back on Earth. He chases it to Earth. They fight and then they have to get on the helicopter. I'd see it. I'd and he, and his one. character name is, is Ripper. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a ripper of a movie. <laughs> on this week's episode of Mad Libs, um, all right, so... <laughs> Let's have a look at the old mail sack. Um, let's have a look at it. Um, all right. So opening one. Sacky looking. Open one, opening one is, hey, guys, Foxy here. Where's the sound drop, Colin? We need, all right, where's... Colin. Colin, you piece of shit. We need a, what does the fox say? Sound No. Drop. No. No. No, Foxy Lady, you're, you're, God, we're not playing that on here. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Right, okay. Julie, no. Colin, trigger me. Colin. Well, I mean, I mean I'm, only, I'm, only, I'm only one vote here. There's three of us. So if you guys vote differently, then no, I, I, think I, have feel, I have a you feeling. You two vote John's something feeling. and I vote something different. I think we can call it a tie. Yeah. <laughs> No, I like the idea of Foxy right. Lady. So some, we'll take some uh, Wayne's World. Um, all right. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, hey, guys. Foxy here. Disappointing that we lost. So so um, Foxy's got a rant here, which I like, and then he gets to a question as well. Uh, thanks for listening, all right. Foxy. We appreciate lay it. it on us. Lay, us. lay it on us thick. All right. Disappointing that we lost to Melbourne Demons after the final siren, but we will front up and Disappointed. face... Disappointed! Oh, Colin! Come on, Colin! Colin! Oh, my God. Fuck. He's really dropped the ball. He's back there bloody thinking about... The problem is he's not animals. dropping the ball. He won't get his hands off the ball. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. do, do your job, Colin. <laughs> I'm very aroused. Um. So we've got... Uh, We'll front up and face Port Adelaide next week and beat them. Fingers crossed. Also, read a stat somewhere on Facebook about how teams that win with a goal after the siren lose the next match. It's happened eight out of eight or nine times. So cop that, Melbourne. I hope that Melbourne go out in straight well, sets. Fucked. bit yeah. spiteful and a little bit of bad sportsmanship, but I don't care. I'm in a spiteful mood. We love it. 
Y'all we see uh, we need um, some spiteness every now and then, don't we? Absolutely. <laughs> well, we're, we're called the Chaps Chat Cats for a reason. We yeah. don't really have any interest in any of the other teams. There's other teams. Or pretending to be unbiased, like Channel 7. <laughs> hey, well, just to back up uh, Foxy's stat. Please do. When we beat a certain, certain team after the siren from a kick, mm-hmm. we lost the next week. Accurate. Mm-hmm. So Brisbane, mm. Brisbane should lose this week as well. Then, oh no, not really, because they win after the siren. They just kick goal. No, after the siren. Yeah. All right, fucking yeah. ignore me. They'll they'll draw. Um, it's halfway, halfway. Yeah, yeah halfway. <laughs> medium, medium juju. Medium right. juju. Also, medium doo Just a medium doo <laughs> Uh Also, we don't <laughs> mind playing Port Adelaide in Adelaide. We won there earlier this year, so bring it on. I say we will win if mm. we don't go into our shell and instead play like the first three quarters against Melbourne. Uh, for four quarters, then we'll win instead of trying to save the game. Instead of playing, uh, instead play to win, score goals. Anyway, how do you think the finals will go? What are your predictions, guys? Mine is that week one, Melbourne will lose to Brisbane. It, it, now, Foxy's laid out his full finals uh, card here. So I'm going to read it to you. But I think we save our finals prediction for our live show. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe we oh, don't yes. even like do that. Yes. But there's a secondary part. So I'll. So what I'll do is I will read out Foxy's finals prediction on the live show. I'll clip that little part out and I'll skip to the second part of his question. So he wants to know who we think will win the Brownlow and the rising star medal. Obviously Harry McKay, Harry McKay, Harry McKay has already won the rising, uh, has already won the Coleman. He thinks Ollie Wines from the power will sneak past the bond for the Brownlow. Sorry, Jack, RIP. Um, and the rising star, he believes, will be Errol Golden. What about you guys? So, you chaps, who's going to win the Brownlow, in your opinion, and who's going to win the NAB Rising Star Player Awards? Uh, well, we, we uh, to, to follow up your your dissing of Jack, I'm going to, I'm going to try and earn some, earn some brown, brownie points from Jack by saying, I think the bond will hold strong. Ooh. Okay. Um, oh, I yeah. I mean, like, it's they. There's a lot of a lot of uh, rhetoric around about him dropping off. Um, but even if that's true, like, how many games has that been in comparison to to every other week where where people somewhat rightfully won't shut up about how he's the best player in the competition? Like, do we? Do you think the brown the the votes will be that? Influenced by the last two or three weeks? Um, no, but I'll give away mine. I, I, I think it's got nothing to do with Bontempelli's form and to do with a different narrative, in my opinion. Okay. What, what about um, Johnny? Oh, yeah, and then we'll come... Well, let's do uh, Brownlow and then let's come back and do Rising Star. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm just going to... I'm going to stick... I'm gonna, I reckon the Bont could win it. All right. Well, I'm prepared to play the fucking villain here. Um, and I, I, I think this has, as I said, nothing to do with Bontempelli and everything to do with the fact that, um, Night of the Living Dead, Pumpkinhead, um, Clayton, <laughs> Clayton Oliver, Ch- the Chucky doll, the horror Chucky doll grew up to be a real boy. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, th- I think that the, narr- I think he's, he has played quite well all season in terms of how the. You know, there's been a lot of media focus on him. I think 
realistically, it's possible that the other Melbourne midfielders could nick votes off him. Um, another smoky that I would think about is Sam Walsh from Carlton. Yeah. Um, Joel Seld from the Cats, maybe. Obvious it's the obvious choice. <laughs> the obvious choice. So, so he can't win it. No, they won't give it to him. I think it's yeah. I don't think it's got anything to do with 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 Bont not playing well. I think it's got everything to do with the fact that the umpires fall in love with certain players. It's like when bloody Lucky Neil won it. Narratives form mm. and they start seeing it. There's a narrative formed. I think that oh the demons. The you know, it's a grand old flag. And how good is Clayton Oliver? I'm going to say that Clayton Oliver wins it. Um, I think if I would pick who I would like to see win it, you know, I think on balance, I think Bont's had a great season. Just feel like there's a lot of Clayton Oliver moments that people are going to cling on to that the umpires will see. Uh, he's one of those players. And I think the narr- the demons narrative will, will buy in for them. It's true. It's just, it's just an, yet another reason, another way in which me and the umpires do not see eye to eye. Yes. I agree. All right. Rising, Rising star. star. Oliver, I've never seen Oliver impress me. I, I know no. I can look at the stats. I know people can tell me I'm, I'm wrong and have evidence for why I'm wrong. And I'm not saying he's shit. I'm just saying anytime I've watched Melbourne, he's not the player that I've come away from impressed. Petrarca. Ever. Petrarca, Petrarca, absolutely. Yeah. Every day, I would, I would say is is a more influential player. But maybe it's just their style. Maybe just it's just the way they play. You know, that 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 one is more out, like obviously affecting the game. Maybe Oliver's Oliver's just a little bit more under the radar, and I and I miss it. But I'm just I just never come away impressed. No, I think I think the fact that even like you know he'll he'll get three votes. Um, I think from the game. On Saturday night, 37 disposals, two goals. Um, I, I would, I would bet my bottom dollar. Mm. He, he yeah. gets the three votes. See, some of those, some of those disposals must be really quick. I didn't, I don't think I saw. No, him, I, I don't think I saw him touch the ball 37 times. No, <laughs> I don't think so either. 20 handballs, 20 handballs out of 37. So he's yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I have a feeling. But anyway, um, rising star, Johnny, we'll start with you and work back to Sam and then me. Um, I reckon Errol Golden will win it as well. You'll go Errol, Errol, Golden. Errol, yep. Golden. Yeah, I'll go him. Look, I I will admit my my knowledge of a lot of these players is somewhat lacking, even in comparison to my knowledge of the (laughs) the Brownlow contenders. Um, and so I'm not even going to pretend and I'm just going to pick Perkins. Yep. Purely because he looks a bit like me when I was young. <laughs> <laughs> What's the, is that Archie Perkins? Is that his name? Archie Perkins. Uh, yeah. If, if that's the player I'm thinking of, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, it is. It is. It yeah. is. Well, you can tell then, John, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to... I had two two here, um, Cody Waitman from the Dogs and Mitch Georgiades from the Power. Um, both players. Well, Waitman, sorry, 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 sorry. You go. Just just to jump on a bit, Waitman was the other one I had, but I've just I the 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 very real reason, other than the joking reason, was I've just I haven't seen him play as much as I've seen Perkins play. So again. I'm an eyeballs man. I go with what I see. <laughs> an old-fashioned tip dog. Um, yeah, so Georgiadis this year for the Port um, has played 21 games, 
kicked 32 goals. So I think that's that's a pretty yes. decent effort for a 19-year-old, particularly playing in a forward line where you've you know, got Charlie Dixon and that sort of thing. I think a little bit like... No, that'd uh, be pretty easy then with just Charlie Dixon. Well, yeah, but in the same way too, I think that Bailey Fritch is an underrated part of that Melbourne team. Yeah that it doesn't have to all be on like a Ben Brown or, or what have you. Yeah. Oh my God, it does look like you, Sam. Good Lord. Does yeah. that not, does that does. not look it looks like, exactly like, like you? Like 16-year-old me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It does. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, I'm going to go, He's I'm prop- going to go Georgiatis for it. Nice. And only because oh, I yeah. feel like Waitman's, Jack can probably correct me on this, but has 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 Cody Waitman played every game this season? I, I don't like think he has. I he, think he's missed a few. Yeah, I'll have a look just to see. But they're mine. So I'm going Clayton Oliver for the brown line. I'm going to go Mitch Georgiades for Rising Star. This is who I think will win, not who I necessarily want to win. Uh, Johnny's going Bontempelli for the brown low. Errol Golden for the Rising Star. Sam's got... Bontempelli for the Brownlow, Archie Perkins for the Rising Star. Listeners at home, tweet yours at us, at the Chaps Chat Cats. Who do you think will win the Brownlow? Who do you think will win the Rising Star Award for 2021? Let us know. All righty then. Yes, no, he's played. I, I suppose if people don't have time to submit, but you could join the live show, you could tell us your picks during the live show. Hey, and we, and we will mention them. That's a good point. Mm. Mm. Sam, bringing it into the live show. Oh, oh, set up. Oh, set up. Beautiful stuff. I'm very aroused. Wow, wow, you are very nice. <laughs> we know, Colin. <laughs> Shut up. See it. Play a different drop, we can Colin. see the Titanic style misted windows <laughs> uh, on your cage. Oh, good Lord. Um, all right. So then we've got a second. We've got a second letter in the sack. We've oh, good Lord. From David. David's written in. Oh, David uh, again. Yes. Um, good evening, gentlemen. Good I hope boy. this email finds you well. I have a question for your discussion. None of the teams in the top four are coming into the finals. Absolutely lighting the world on fire. Um, I think I probably, uh, I spoke to David uh, about this, probably slightly disagree about um, Port and Melbourne. I feel like they probably look in the best form. But anyway, um, with massive separation between the top five and everyone else, do you reckon teams intentionally didn't show all their cards coming into finals? Or do you think this is legitimately a wide open finals campaign? Curious as to your opinions. As always, your humble fan, David Bourne. I think think there's, there's some teams that possibly didn't show their full hand, but I think one of those teams... Is the cats? <laughs> yeah, um, and and we're in the top top four. So um, yeah, I guess it doesn't quite relate to the the this um, the question. I think a lot of the the ones below us, I don't necessarily think they they would have either, like they they would have held anything back. It did seem because it's been so close. I feel like not many teams have been in a position to hold back. Yeah, really. Like there's been pretty much every team has has dropped off at some point. Um, it's just, and even Melbourne did for my money. Um, even with their their pretty consistent run, there was a few weeks, probably maybe five six weeks ago, um, where they just didn't look as on song, and they've just timed it really well. Their their um 
their shoring of the ship. Geelong as well. I think Brisbane would be the low point of our of our season probably. Um, I don't know. Would you guys agree? The, yeah. The, yeah. The loss to Brisbane being yes. the low point. Definitely. Um, yep. But I think that was a really good time of the year for it to happen because we had so much time to readjust, to re- readjust and, and move forward. Um, but there's a lot of teams. I, I I feel like it's quite wide open. I feel like there's just a lot of scrapping for for those eight spots. Um, I guess it's possible Melbourne have played some cards close to their chest. It doesn't seem that way to me. It's they look to me like a team that's playing at at peak efficiency. 90% of the time um, it doesn't look like they're holding anything back. Whereas I feel there is scenarios where Geelong, just like, you know, you mentioned Selwood and Dangerfield, you know, Dangerfield apparently being sore and stuff. I think Chris Scott's absolutely the coach, especially with looming injuries. Mm. He's absolutely the coach to go, well, top four is good enough. <laughs> um, I'm not sure about the other teams. What do you reckon, John? Yeah, I'll be. I'm pretty much on the same level there. I think Cats maybe not playing at the absolute best, maybe holding a few things back, but the rest I feel like they're all pretty much putting it all out there to get where they are now. Yeah, and I think possibly Melbourne maybe, but yeah, I think Port Adelaide definitely probably played at the best against the Dogs. Brisbane were definitely playing the absolute best against West Coast. And Bulldogs, you know, they're in a bit of a slump at the moment, but they definitely showed good signs against Port Adelaide and just need to, you know, tidy a few things up, get a few things sorted yeah. in their team. And, I, yeah. and I, I think I think going back to the point about not all the top four being on song, I think uh, Melbourne aren't maybe setting the world on fire, but that's kind of the way they are. Like that's the yeah. kind of team they are. They're just, they're just, again, they they're just, they're just operating like a, like an, an efficient machine. They don't um, come out and shock and awe you. No. You don't go away going, oh, geez, that was something no. extraordinary. By they're, Melbourne. Just... they're not, they're not even like a team like Brisbane are no. at their best. Whereas, no. as, whereas Port, I think are quite on song at the moment, but I feel like it's in a bit of a scrappy kind of, he's beginning to believe kind of way yes. where they're like, <laughs> <laughs> like they're on paper statistically if this was a, a game of AFL evolution and you were to look at the statistics of all their players against all the players of the Cats or Melbourne I don't think Port would stack up but I think they've just got a lot of grit yeah. um, and, and they're really starting to back themselves so yeah I think I think they are somewhat on fire at the moment but I definitely don't think they're holding anything back I don't think there's untapped reserves for them to call on personally. No, I don't think so either. And I think many teams do, except maybe the Cats and possibly the Demons. I think there's probably six teams that can reasonably say they'll they'll have a crack at winning it. I don't yeah. reckon there's eight. Um, no. All right, who are the two? I won't ask you. It'll be quick to list the two that don't. Who don't, who don't have a crack at it? Giants and Essendon. Essendon and Giants. Okay. What about you? You know, I'd pay that. I'd pay that. Um, is there, is there, in your opinion, let's get into the weeds a little bit. Let's not go full into our finals predictions, but is there a grade from that point on? Is it those two at the bottom and then the other six are in for an even crack? I have that. Or do you go down. up in, are you going up in stacks of two? <laughs> I've, I've, I've got it. I've got some tiers written down. 
I have, and I'll I'll, I'll tell you what it is. Should we should we save it for the grand for the finals? Live I don't show, want to maybe. jinx it too close to the that. That's my only thing. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about yeah, this. This isn't predictions. This is. Just, I just want to know Jake's. Jake's just vague tears of who he, ah, who he okay. thinks not who's going to beat who, but like more of a All percentage right. thing, a chance. So, so ah, this this take this takes into account like injuries, all those sorts of things. So it takes into account the the teams at this present moment where I think everyone's right. stacked. Okay, so tier one, I have Melbourne and Port. I think okay. Port have improved their back line. I think that, as you said, I think they're starting to believe. I think Melbourne's win ticked off a massive box for me, which was, I, I always said they can't come back from a big deficit. They're not built to do that. They did it. So I think that very, very the, close. The, the, sorry, you go. Sorry, the, the point on that one though is I would, agree with you if the deficit was even 10 15 minutes later like that was a slow comeback yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but go on. i have tier two on their own geelong and i would have them in tier one except for the fact of the injuries i yeah, really yeah. i think that the injuries really do bump us down ever so slightly um because i think port and melbourne are so healthy and playing well. Yeah. Uh, fair a fair, a fair, like the next tier, yeah. tier three, I've got Brisbane, the Bulldogs and Sydney. I think all three nice. of those teams have um, really great footy that they can play. I also think they've got a much lower floor that they can play at, at times. Um, and, and that sort of, I think that from those three teams for me, that's where a real true challenger dark horse can come from. If one of those teams gets their shit together in the finals, they have a top tier potential. Um, yep. Then I have Essendon tier four. Um, I just don't think that they're consistent enough to be to be it. I haven't I haven't seen their best footy consistently enough for them to be up with the Dogs, Lions, and Swans. Tier five, I've got GWS. I think they played really well to get into the finals, but. I think they just don't have the depth to beat, you know, that that next level of team. That's just where I'm at. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's yep, a good. List. That all sounds good. I'd probably, I'd probably put for my money, I'd probably put GWS at least level with Essendon, if not. That's probably maybe fair. slightly before. Yeah. I, th- I think GWS have more X factor than Essendon. Yep. Um, which come finals, it can go either way. You can fall apart under the pressure or you can rise to it. It's a bit like if you talk about Melbourne, I think Essendon's ceiling is not as high as GWS's ceiling, but GWS's floor is way lower than Essendon's floor. That's fair. Um, so I, yeah, yeah, I, I like it. I like GWS a little bit more than Essendon. Just, they just feel like more of a finals team to me. Um, yeah. But fair. apart from that, I think that's fair. Do you, I think like, not to I, this is the cats podcast. Not to harp on the dogs. How much is your putting the, the dogs in in tier four, Norton, tier, and how tier. much is it that is it? Sorry, tier three, oh, fifth, yep. three, yep. oh tier three. Um, <laughs> yep. how much of it is, is it is it is it missing Norton, and how much of it is it the form in the last three weeks, or it's, is it both? Do you, can you not e- extract the two? It's not having the double chance. Okay. 
combine like as a a combination of things with form and and the injury i think like even though it's only one player i think bruce has been shown to be sorry yeah i meant bruce not norton oh no you're right like he's been shown to be an incredibly significant player like and it's Mm. it's it's like stewart we can say oh the cats have a great back line and we do but stewart is a great backman among great backmen you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Bruce is the clear cut above Ford in the dog's best Fords. So I think it, that's yeah. major. And, and I do just think that not having the double chance, um, I, like I think say a Brisbane, uh, sorry, the Bulldogs would have been a tier two team with the cats. If they had the double chance, that would have been enough to bump yeah. them up. But I just think that like the margin is so slim now. Hmm. Especially, I guess, like it's it's and really goes back to that time. That, that, it <laughs> okay. goes back to that time, the time to adjust. Because I mm. like as much as Bruce is a huge loss, like I can't I can't help but feel like they could find the dynamic there to to contend without him. But I guess yeah, without the second chance, it's it's potentially one less game to find that that combination. Yeah. Um, that they have, that they have to find. So yeah, because I, I their form to me doesn't worry me. I guess as much as that. Like yeah. I don't like if they weren't missing Bruce. If Bruce was there and they had the the last three, I would kind of just look at it as a bit of a slump. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think it's so. just a slump, more of a slump than anything. Yeah. Um. No, I, I, I yeah, I, I'd be really interested to to see what happens here, and I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing your guys' predictions. Sounds good. On when? Friday night. Friday night. Friday 7.25 p.m. The game starts, I believe. And we got a... Uh, did you guys read all about the bloody hard isolation and everything we got to do? Yeah. No. Sleeping under tables again. Did Port do this on fucking purpose or what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is, this is the but one they forget what happened last time we did a hard isolation. We came out and... One of laser games. laser focus because we'd all been yeah. playing games on the Switch. Yeah, and playing. I was about to say yeah. AFL Evolution on the Switch. You probably can't get it on the Switch. Probably this is the, this is the thing. This is the thing. I, I I think that that would be the one thing. You know, you know, it doesn't matter that we didn't finish first. Were you guys saying we would have had to play in Adelaide anyway if we'd won? Potentially like that. Yeah. Potentially, yeah. Why? COVID because of COVID. Yeah. So it could have been um, like that game may have been played interstate just because of the the outbreak and the lockdowns. Okay. Well, then yeah. It may, yeah, it doesn't mean that much then, does it? All right. Well, not really. Yeah, no. As as the chaps alluded to, we will be doing our live show uh, right. if the if the game's at what six twenty or six twenty five or whatever. We'll we'll be doing a show roughly an hour. Seven thirty, Johnson. Yeah. Seven. Yeah, let me find it. Uh, 7.50, actually. 7.50, probably around 7 7.50 p.m. Friday night. Friday and night. the rest of the games is Saturdays is Sydney versus Giants at 3.20. Then 7.30 p.m. is Melbourne versus the Lions. And Bulldogs have the Sunday slot against Essendon. So we'll probably get on about 7 o'clock on Facebook Live to do our show. I would say awesome. Absolutely. Thanks, boys. Smashed it. Good show. Thank you. That was good. That was good. It's about the about the one hour forty minute mark again. 
Yep. Yeah. Yeah, very close, our 40. Um, very close. Actually, it may be middle, a little longer, even though we started a bit late. I don't think we started at 8 o'clock late. No. No. Nah, I think we have been a bit of a longer one. Two-hour one. Look at that, refining refining that uh, opening, like the, our opening statements. Made it go longer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's on for the rest of you guys evening? I don't know. Probably edit this sucker up. Food. Going to nice. edit it straight away. Are you going to chuck a trigger warning on it and let Jack know that we discussed the dogs in a couple of parts? <laughs> <laughs> I should. I probably should. You should. Um, I'm, I'm sure. Especially now that I mentioned it, because you now don't yeah. put it on there and then he listens to it. He'll get to <laughs> this like, point and be like, why didn't you do that? Yeah. I what? Don't know you had the perfect opportunity. <laughs> you fuck. Maybe I'll just you message bastards. Jack. I'll just message Jack mm. and say, hey, just say no. Because it could, it's insulting. They're big boys. They can take it. The, do- the dogs. They're are, a big club. You know, they're a big club. They won a premiership. They're in the finals. They they know what they got to do to get there. Yep. As I said, it's right, just well that. Now, well, now if you don't put the tweet warning on, you're going to have to message Jack and not only warn him that we talk about the dogs, but walk, warn him that we talk about the potential of him actually being upset because we talk about the dogs. <laughs> yeah. Just so he's, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's ready for all just of this. Just put a warning to say you could potentially be upset about something said about your team, so be potentially. Prepared to be annoyed. Go cats. We'll we'll get ready for Jack Jack inputs into the mail sack next week. Yep. (laughs) I'm very aroused.